Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt and limited time to prep, just like us? Are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids, work, and families? Then this is a podcast for you. Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming at you. I don't know what episode this is. is We're not that far in. No. (laughs) We can't count. Lost count already. (laughs) I don't know how far we are. So I want to call out everybody for sharing the facebook page and all the likes we got for the t-shirts we did the drawing tonight a hat drawing we do have the names we'll be posting that after we get done recording tonight um we're gonna be at the elmwood outdoor show what's the date on that let me march 3rd and 4th march 3rd and 4th if you're around the area want to come hang out might get a free sticker if you show up just saying you might have to buy one (laughs) yeah Um, march 3rd and 4th double checked Homie, go ahead and do your thing. My electronics went down here. Right on. So uh, I can just say from from my vantage point here, I know Cody can kind of say the same thing, that this week online for us has been pretty electric with the with the giveaway there, uh, both on Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, a lot of you guys have found us on Facebook. Um, I know a lot of people don't do Instagram, but I know I like Instagram. It's just real easy to share stuff right there. And so if you have any questions or you feel like we need to cover anything, you can email us at whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo. And uh, 
we'll get it covered for you and I think that's gonna be our main way to uh, to communicate with you guys when when you buy a shirt or a sticker or I mean we, we got some other stuff that we're gonna be putting out so you want to come by and just talk them talk deer hunting talk broadheads talk bows we're there we're not pushing product really we're just getting our name out and we're just gonna just bullshit basically there you go that's all i want to do yeah so be sure if you if you can if you listen on itunes be sure you leave us a review uh we we appreciate that and we're trying to use that information to help us get better i'm gonna say i'm not a professional by any means i do not have a radio voice uh We have had some reviews from people, and we appreciate everybody that has left a review. And uh, we are doing the first 25 reviews we get on iTunes. We'll get free stickers. There so. you go. So as of right now, well, we did post that. It's, yeah. So we are doing a second giveaway on the stickers. If you do give us a review, you can get a sticker. We had Matt Damon on last week, and I don't think we got it all covered with him. We, we got some unfinished business with Matt. Um just kind of lead you guys up to what I'm talking about there. We're going to be doing some bow fishing with Matt. I'm really looking forward to it because I've been talking about going bow fishing for like four years. <laughs> it just haven't went yet. I used to do a ton. I've, I, are you talking like jumping out of the air bow fishing or are you talking like in the water bow fishing? Both. Both? Okay. I've done jumping, out, of- jumping out of the water would be sweet and that's that's what I want to do first. Okay. I mean, that would be more of a rush. And... uh you know, we're, we're going to do that right there on the Illinois River. Yeah. I've done a lot of the in-water bow fishing from Missouri. The lakes are pretty clear down there, rocky, a lot less than up here, and there's a lot more lakes down there. So we used to do it a lot when we were kids. It's a blast. So. I'm going to say, Matt, Matt's got a boat. That's why he kind of gets, oh, gets nice. picked out for that. Nice. So moving on here, we've got the VIP shout-out. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna shout out Wade. Wade, you were, uh, you were in the military, right? Yes, yeah, I was. As in the Marines from 2010 to 2014. All right, man. Well, we're going to shout Wade out as a VIP. That is a VIP veteran broadhead shout out. Uh, we appreciate what you did for us, Wade, so we can sit in this room and have some keystone and talk about deer hunting. Without you guys like you, we can't do that. So we appreciate your service. Right on. So if you guys want to, what they, what they call it nowadays is troll troll us <laughs> yeah. go ahead i mean it's it's not gonna hurt my feelings we got some bit. trolls we got we do. some trolls we do we're, we're getting them we're, yeah. we're piling them up piling you know up. uh let me say we ask you guys to post stuff on our facebook page and instagram you know tag us there and uh one thing that we're not gonna let happen is somebody else attack you or your comment or a picture or video you know whatever you share we're not gonna let somebody come in there and you know say oh well i wouldn't have shot that or let it walk i mean we're not gonna let that happen but if you want to say that on something that i post you know go ahead man fire (laughs) away we've had some questions about that about if they post something you know what's the response gonna be and it's not gonna be like that on our page no one's gonna be like that or guess what i'm the admin dude i got the delete button i can delete (laughs) the comment quick yeah uh, all right moving on from the trolls we'll we'll get into uh our guest here yeah all right, so we got Wade Bryan in the studio. He had a double buck year this year, so he's he's fresh, full of knowledge right off the bat. So let's just go ahead and uh, go with your, your first bucks and the story on that and how it went down. All right, well, starting from the top this year, let's see, it was November 12th. I got up that morning and it was raining. I wasn't going to go out 
I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I really want to be out there. It's my only day to go. I was working six days a week at the time. And I was like, all right. So I called up the guy I was going to go hunting with. I said, what do you think? Should we go out? He said, yeah, it's supposed to taper off. We'll go ahead and go out. So we got everything packed up, got out there. It was still raining. And I had the camera gear and everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and sit in the blind. And it was probably an hour after sunlight, 7 o'clock or so. Hadn't seen a deer. And I was like, okay. The deer ought to show up sometime now. I've been seeing them moving in the field and nothing. About 10 minutes rolls around and I heard something behind me in the thick brush. I peeked out and two does ran out in the open field from behind me. And they kept looking back over their shoulder. I said, well, that's kind of cool. There's something behind them. So it's got to be either a buck or a coyote, you know, for sure. They kept staring down the spot. They didn't smell me, nothing. They couldn't have seen me from where they come from. And I just kept looking over there. They ended up hopping a fence across the field. And I sat there and I waited and waited. I kept looking out, nothing. About 15 minutes rolls around. I peek out the window where they come from and I just seen a deer walking with its head down. <clears throat> Probably, oh, maybe 10, 15 seconds later, he picked up his head and I just took a big, deep breath. And I was like, yep, that's a shooter. He started rolling in. I had the camera going. I had my GoPro and my regular camera on a tripod. And uh, I started getting him kind of figuring out where he's going to go and he took the same trail they did in front of me about 30 yards or so and I was sitting there I was getting the camera on him I had my crossbow it was a uh, Parker I just started shooting a crossbow this year and uh, he come in right at 30 yards I had him on the camera made sure he's in the viewfinder and everything tried to get him to stop the first time he didn't stop did it a second time he stopped I shot and it dropped him the broadhead went through the first shoulder and hit the second shoulder and he just fell right to the ground and I I'd never seen anything like that with a bow it was extremely exciting I couldn't believe it us like whoo you know I mean yeah I have a video that you can see you know I was just sitting there and I was shaking and I was so excited I got out of the blind and everything started doing a little happy dance and it was kind of funny because at the same time I was trying to be quiet because I was hunting with somebody else they were on the back side of the property probably oh maybe 70 seven to eight hundred yards away from me so no harm no foul there but I went out and make sure he was expired but I came back in and I was thinking about it whenever I shot the camera had gone black when I shot and the cam nothing hit the camera itself but it ended up turning out that I'd used my backup battery I found a week prior in one of my coat pockets and it had a short in it and that's oh. what caused that camera to do that so Man. unfortunately I didn't get the buck on camera but I did get him and he'll be on the wall yeah, the GoPro video is sweet, though. I mean, you can see quite a bit from the GoPro video that you did that did see. But since you're kind of leading on to the, the video in there, let's just go ahead and go into the outdoor therapy thing you got going on. Kind of explain why you started it and what, what you're trying to do with it and then where people can find it and stuff like that. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Outdoor Therapy that I started, I think it was 2015, 2014, 2015. And I just started kind of throwing up phone videos, random stuff that I thought was kind of cool, just random deer, mostly. A little bit of fishing stuff here and there. And they weren't of good quality, of course, you know, I was just doing it to do it. I liked filming and, er excuse me, filming and everything. And uh, I just kind of wanted to share it with people. And then I got more into it, and I wanted to get better at it, of course, you know. So I invested a little bit of my time and money, and I got a better camera. And then I got a GoPro for the first-person camera. And it's a little bit more versatile whenever I hunt. For the most part, my GoPro is on my head, so you can actually see where I'm looking rather than 
if I had it on a tree or a bow, yeah. you know, it's just kind of one That's angle. That's cool, the one first person view, yeah. But uh, I really just wanted to film all my stuff and kind of share it with people, you know, share the outdoors and get other people interested and excited about it, you know. Yeah. Me, even as a hunter, I'm more happy to see other people's deer, you know, almost just as much as myself. You know, other people's success is great. And anybody that feels that way, I think, should have that. Yeah. That's the same thing I tell Ryan. I said, hey, bro, I want everybody to shoot big deer. When someone shows me a pic, the buck they shot, dude, I'm like, when you showed me that pic, you know, I, I mean, we, we've friends, we've met before, I think, but I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just so cool when someone that you know is a hardcore hunter finally gets it done on a, a giant, you know, that was a big deer. I don't, you didn't score it, right? No, it's I don't, not been I don't like guessing the score, but I mean, it, I mean, it was big. I mean, it's it, big. it had a lot going on, you know, so it, it was definitely a, a trophy deer i mean it wasn't a, a 130 or 140 which is a trophy in my eyes <laughs> i'll shoot him all day but yeah. but he was i mean he was big and uh i the video you're doing i i like it i like i like we were talking i like that you show like the gopro fishing videos that i've watched those are sweet the first person you cast i like that a lot so I, it's cool that you're getting out there and then you're also trying to teach people i seen you did a trap trap video and stuff like that which is yeah which was sweet so and i plan on doing a lot more of the kind of more helpful videos you know help people land manage and help people you know look for spots even where fish are you know like the bow fishing stuff even if somebody's never done it before you know how to rig up the setup or anything like that you know That's and people that want to get into filming hunts you know what i use and how to use it and different stuff like that it'll just get a little bit better as i go so so do you have an actual gopro is you have the actual yeah the actual gopro yep and the one I have is, uh, it's got the LCD screen on the back. So if I want, I can go back and replay a video and everything. And nice. Just right there, you right know, there. if you yep. shot, you know, you could just go back and, and replay it if you miss it with your actual camera. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I filmed this year, and I it's it's cool to talk to someone else who's just starting to, to you know, we're not the, we're just normal guys. We're not the most tech-savvy people. This no, podcast is just kicking our butts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, it, it's fun. Filming's fun, and when people get into it, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, there's a lot of enjoyment to look back on your hunts, and even though you don't have that buck, you still have the GoPro video plus the memory, but you do have the second buck video, so let's go ahead and get the story on that. I did. Okay, so that one, I had been out, I hunted both days that weekend, excuse me, it was second shotgun season for Illinois, so it would have been December 2nd and 3rd, and the night before, I seen some deer across the field way too far away and no luck there went out the next morning didn't have any luck saw some does and i was like still kind of waiting you know i had a buck tag and i only had one shotgun tag so i was like you know i'm probably going to shoot a buck or just get a doe in the evening if nothing evening hunt came on i same i sat in the same stand from the night before where i'd saw a nice deer like i say way across the field and i sat there for probably three hours and hadn't seen a deer bunch of squirrels of course but uh out of nowhere, I just looked up. We have these mowed trails that kind of go back to a bedding area. And uh, I looked up, and I saw some deer movement. I said, all right, well, there's something, you know. I'm just looking to get a doe. Bring them on, you know. Come on down. So it took them a little while to work their way in, and then all of a sudden they jumped this little creek, and they just started bolting in there. And I said, well, something's got to be behind them again, you know, yeah. kicking them up. And sure enough, that buck, he was chasing around two does. He kept nosing the same two, so I don't know if they were still heat or what. But... Uh, they were still running around and everything, and he ended up coming in right there at 25 yards and got a good shot on yeah. him, and he only went about 60 yards from where I shot him. Just yeah. outside of camera view is where he fell. 
and I thought I heard a crash, but I got down out of my stand, and I was looking for blood where I thought I shot, and there was nothing. And I was like, no, I was like, there's no way I missed that deer, you know. <laughs> so I walked probably 15 yards, found blood, and then I started trailing him pretty good, and I just looked up, and he was just laying there. Yeah, that was good video, man. That was textbook, really, on that one. So I, I like to find it funny how you know when those are by themselves, or you just know instinctively as a hunter that there's something behind or bumping yeah. around, you know? Oh, absolutely. Anybody, if you spend more time in the outdoors, you'll notice, you know, nature will give away to yeah. other animals, you know? You'll see it with turkeys, even birds. If you're just outside, looking at outside your house, you'll see with plenty of birds, you know, they're always looking around and stuff, and they'll talk back and forth with the other ones, and sure enough, you'll come more. Yeah. You know, it's just the way of the world, so. This yeah. year, this year I was bow hunting, middle of November, and uh, it was actually, I passed a really nice buck, that that day, that morning but i was hunting with a buddy and we were trying to get him on a deer and i was filming and uh, i had my bow of course in case you know double double <laughs> magical moment you know coming along but anyways i had a doe come in and they took off running and i was like okay maybe something's chasing them but and then she stopped and she squatted and peed and i seen on midwest whitetail the same thing happened and then Right where that doe peed, here comes just a giant chasing her, and and that was the first buck that he shot this year, and and it was a forked horn, man. I was all pumped. I was like, get ready, get ready. There's something behind her, you know. He, he she's leaving some scent for him, you know. And it was a freaking forked horn. He come through grunting, burp, you know. I'm like, man, <laughs> like, always the young ones. Yeah, I was pumped for a giant to come. Is out. that like? It's got to be top five biggest letdown when that. Happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a doe twenty yards. Three of them, and then one stop and pees and looks back. You're Just, like, okay, yeah, something's going on. Doing the best case <laughs> yeah. scenario. Then, yeah. Then you got well, the buck came right past, right where the doe walked, right twenty yards, sniffed right where she peed, and took off. You know, and so I was, I was waiting for a big one, but that's that's cool. Like you said, you know when something's chasing them. But so Wade, you said you uh, switched to a crossbow this year. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? I did. And uh, a lot of states have it open, which Illinois finally did open theirs this year, but I had back surgery in July, and I was kind of leaning towards getting one anyways, but they opened it up, and I was thinking, well, I don't want to risk it. I was still on, you know, doctor's orders, not able to pull back my Matthews at the time, so it worked out that I got the crossbow, and that's what I ended up getting that first buck with, and I tell you what, that thing shoots sweet. It's Parker, it's American-made, and it has a lifetime warranty. I'd suggest it to anybody. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh... What what you got on the end of your bolt? Uh, Rage broadheads, actually. Rage. And I wasn't really a believer in them till last year. I shot a turkey at 35 yards with my Matthews, and it went about five yards and just done. Yeah. And there, yet again, I have a video of that where <laughs> it just blew a hole in that turkey. I mean, the broadhead it probably left two good two inch hole faster? all the way around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a- and it didn't do anywhere. It broke his hip on one side, and that was done. Yeah. When I I shot a lot of turkeys with a bow. I come from Missouri, and then I've also shot a lot. Uh, I shot them raw dogging, no blind. I've you know shot how them jealous I am of that right but now. But anyways, <laughs> the first I started shooting these veterans. That's the first time I ever got a pass through, and I shot it that quarter and two through the breast, yeah. and it pinned it to the ground, and uh, it was it was sweet. So that was that was the first time I ever got a pass through with them. Because I shot a lot with with I used to shoot fixed blades, yeah. and then I switched to the rages, and then I went to NAPs. And now I'm on these, and I've been on these for two years. And NAP is junk. Yeah, I, I I killed bucks with them. So I mean, but I didn't get pass throughs. I would say I've, I've killed one deer with with NAP yeah. and 
it wasn't a pass through. Yeah, I didn't get a pass through with it, but I used the Montec G5s for a little while for fixed blade, and they did pretty well. But yeah. Then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go and try some expandables, and I did a Spitfire years ago. And I remember one night it was almost too dark to shoot, and there's this doe that come in right there, right at the end of light, and I had to raise my uh, sight above her back just to kind of see where it was falling, and I shot double lung. And it clipped, must have clipped part of her heart up there or something because she didn't even go 10 yards and just literally fell. And yeah. it was a complete pass through with one of those. And so yeah. that's why I kind of started going. I was like, maybe expandable's the way to go. So, yeah. See, so I, I shot the, these wasp jackhammers when I first started bow hunting and I couldn't find them. So the next closest thing I had was those Spitfires. So I shot those for two years. And then just, I didn't think that. Like, if you shot and missed or even if you shot through a deer and maybe got a pass through... As soon as that goes in the ground, the groove that that blade goes in, it's oh, just yeah. filled up with dirt, and you cannot get it out. I mean, I'm down there with like a paper clip, uh, a scalpel, <laughs> trying to dig it toothbrush. out. Toothbrush. Toothbrush will change your life. Yes. Yeah. Use a toothbrush on your broadheads. Mm. Fresh one, obviously, not used, but... <laughs> use the wife's use the wife's toothbrush. And preferably not one that's fresh that you're going to use right. later. Just a specific broadhead toothbrush. And, uh, yeah, it absolutely works. Still, I just feel like that hinge was was not... They do Quality. kind of get gummed up. Yeah, and then and the blade's been uh, easy. I, I did That's blend. One thing I, don't I did like. bend one. I did bend one. So I, then, I I was able to find the jackhammers to start out this past year and had a couple of mishaps on a deer and I said, well, that's the end of those. Yeah. Yeah, you shot that buck decent. And never found yeah, it. Yeah, nothing, nothing never. at the shot site, and we're, we're going to cover that on the next next yeah. episode. All right, well, let's just keep moving on. Uh, I we, we got a thing on the podcast now, like a lot of people have been talking about. The first book you shot was in the rain, right? Yes. See, so yeah. like, you listen to, like, anybody on the outdoor world, on, you know, outdoor channel, something that, like, you want, like, a bluebird sky morning, you know, where high thermals and, and high pressure. That was, I mean, this rain was there, so it's probably low pressure. I mean, your thermals were, it was raining, so you don't even know what they're doing, but. <laughs> That's the third guy that shot a buck during the rain this last year, or yeah. during the mist. So. And uh, something I really started paying attention to a lot here in the last few years is the pressure, yeah. or metric pressure. I think it does make a really yeah, big difference. And absolutely, between that and the moon phase, and when mm-hmm. the moon rises and falls, makes the world a difference, you know. Well, and the wind direction will make a difference for you, but as far as deer movement, I can tell you that it doesn't really make a difference if it's a hard wind or not, especially during the rut. They're going to be up on their feet. It's just a matter of where. If it's a hard wind, they're probably going to be in a valley, you know. But as far as the rain, that one, I probably wouldn't have even harvested that buck had the the rain not going to be clearing off. So Mm -hmm. it just happened to work out that it was starting to let up a lot, and it was more of about a mist whenever Mm -hmm. I shot him. And... uh, of course, that's when the pressure will start rising, and after yeah. the front, they're going to be moving. So, Do you feel like that rain suppressed that deer's movement that day, and then he was up moving after it cleared off? Yeah, probably so. The night before, uh, I think that he probably was. They were probably bedded down in that thicket behind me, and it started to clear off, and he started bumping those does as soon as he got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. The buck I shot this year was the same thing, right after a big rainstorm, right after the front moved through when that pressure was going skyrocket. It's like a 30-mile-an-hour wind, and it was just dying off at the end of the night. And, you know, I'm not even going to call that a rainstorm. That was more than a rainstorm. Yeah, it was, that was, <laughs> it was a monsoon. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was a bad storm, and I went in there right as it was ending, and it was misting like that. But that was 
that's I mean I got some of the best video I've ever took on that hunt just like the the wildlife I was seeing I seen like nine or eight does that was moving and a couple different bucks and it was just it was awesome but that that might be a thing to think about I'm always like looking for those blue board days but you know everybody's talking like oh yeah when the front's coming in is when you want to go out but maybe after a rain front early season if that might be a a real good time to come out because it seemed like it's panning out to be that way on, i was gonna say you listen to this podcast i mean yeah apparently you matt you shot one right, right or, after or, the rain yeah matt shot one right after the rain right yeah yeah so i know in the afternoon if you got a rain that's coming in and it clears off you know maybe one two o'clock in the afternoon you still got some hours of daylight you can bet that they're going to be on their feet that evening yeah. regardless Brody, i'd Brody absolutely go one. yeah i started going that's always after rain if i can <laughs> Four Pretty bucks much. shot right after a rainstorm. That's that's cool. Well, trust me, all pre-vacation, that's all I had is rain. <laughs> yeah, I I <laughs> so uh, we'll move on here. Um, I you you hunt a couple different properties, or just one mainly, or um, there's one that I got. It's kind of a my golden spot, I'll say. And actually, that's where I shot my buck, the first one this year, the big one. And prior to that, nobody had shot a buck on that property for probably five years. So, I mean, we've been kind of building our deer up a little bit. Last year we had a lot of nice ones that we passed just to try to get them better, you know. You can't shoot a great buck if you shoot all the good ones. Yeah. So, but you were hunting that piece before, you know, within the last five years, just everybody passed basically all the good Me and the same guy that I hunt with right now, we've been hunting there the last couple years, and he's always hunted there prior to that. So That's awesome. And we've got some other properties that have some promising deer, you know. They're just not as frequent. Yep. So on that property that you hunt, mainly, do you do anything to improve the land on that? That you give some tips that you've seen. You said you've been doing it for five years. That you might might have seen an improvement. I would say summertime stuff like that. We'll go out. We'll do our clearing and stuff. If we have a bunch of thick stuff, which we do on two of the properties, we'll go out and we actually mow trails just to kind of help them move through there a little bit better. Well, um, like and, what uh, month you doing that? Uh, we do a lot of our mowing in August, actually. August, yeah. Yeah, August. That way, your entrance and exit too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit quieter, and they'll use it. You know, they're not going to run through all the thick stuff if they've got a nice mowed trail to go on. Yeah. And that buck that I got the second one, you can see plain as day. He's on one of those mowed trails. You know, all those deer come right down there, so it makes a big difference. And that that one there specifically loops back and around through a big thick bedding area. So. Yeah, that's cool. You got a trail. Is that from bedding to food? Is pretty much why you got that set up, or uh, that one's to your just stand? kind of a bottleneck? And right where I have that that tree right there is kind of a, I don't know, a little, kind of a random one. There's a bunch of oak trees right there, so they have the acorns available and everything. And then it's just a pinch point between two crop fields, so you know they're going to come through there sooner or later. And they seem to go through there a lot more than kicking out the crop field when it's early season. So it works out really well, especially when the acorns start dropping. You had any good early season success? Um, not there specifically within the past couple of years, but in past years I have, yes, absolutely. Get out there whenever they're still on their summer pattern if you can. Early October when they come out in the evenings to feed, I would say that's a great opportunity for people to get on a nice buck. Yeah. I have several different deer that we were hoping to get on there, and I just didn't have the time to get out that I wanted to. You like to shoot your does early or late in the year? I always say that I'm going to do it early, but I'm the, you know, you got your target bucks and everything and you're excited to be out there and you see a doe and you're like, no, I'm not going to ruin the hunt. You never know what's going to come out and you do that a handful of times and then what do you know? You're in the rut. You're like me. Yeah. (laughs) It's just the way it works out. So usually late season, to be honest. Still going out. 
still try to get it done past 100 does. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many different videos yeah. and stuff I have of does just passing and walking right by me or un- underneath me. I have a bunch of them where I'm looking down through my platform at my deer stand with deer underneath me this year. So Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. I just, you know, passing does, passing does, and then you're like, all right, yeah, late season, all right, here we go. We're on the does now. And you're like, yeah, I can't even see after, one. After yeah. December, it's like deer just... They're just gone, man. They just disappear. Yeah. They they're like us. They don't like the cold. They're like, yeah. all right, no, I'm just going to you know, stay over here where it's warm. Yeah. And then we're out and, you know, today and tomorrow, the last two days of the season this year, and we're still trying to get a doe, so. Yeah, I know. That's tough. I was out tonight, bitter cold, hunting, and I took the bow, you know, tried to get it done, one last hoorah, and I did end up seeing a nice buck, probably 140s class, wouldn't have shot, but he was... 90 yards anyways so so uh it would it wouldn't have mattered but i did not see any does so i mean i don't and <laughs> during second shotgun 14 does i seen one day sitting there and then now it's just vacant is that first season you had does yeah 10 yards yeah does all day i had to <laughs> i had to i i had to get them away from me to get out of the stand i mean they were just bedded right there by me it was just terrible but Yep. That's that's hunting in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly hunting in a nutshell. I went I snuck out and went squirrel hunting actually this let's see, what day that was that? Thursday after work, real quick I went out and I was like, Hey, I'm gonna go grab a few a few squirrels, you know. I went out and checked a camera at the same spot and saw probably ten squirrels within five minutes. And I went out there and wouldn't you know I saw six deer and two squirrels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems like when you're deer hunting you see the squirrels and when you're squirrel hunting you see the deer. So. Always. Oh, or like when you're turkey hunting. Yeah. Next thing you know, here come 14 deer just smoking <laughs> yeah. by. You're like, all right, you yeah. know. Or they'll just hang out in the field and you're like waving your arms in the air like, get get the hell out of here, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. No <laughs> turkeys, they're like, nowhere. Yeah, you can't shoot me, I know. I'm good. But can't uh, even hear one gobble. Yeah. yeah you're just... All right, let's, uh, let's move on. You you have a, a boy, right? Is, how old is he? Yeah, Easton. He's, He's two years old. Two. Yep. And then you just had a girl. She's cute, man. I'd seen some Facebook pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Head full of hair, and she's big, and she's... What's her name? Hadley. Hadley, that's she's right. She's going to be a lot bigger than what he is, I'll tell you that. Yeah. She's already... Let's see. She's going to be seven months, and she's already like 20-some pounds or something man, like that. Man, yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. a big girl. But uh, it, your son, Easton, has he has he had any you know, drive to get out in the outdoors with you, or... Oh, yeah. And he got, got him out at all? Yeah, he loves, actually, I want to hopefully get him out there and catch his first fish this year, but he loves going fishing with me. I'll bring him in, and he'll grab him and everything, and I'll let him throw him back, and he just loves it. Yeah. He does, he's not scared of him at all or everything. I got a bunch of things where he's sitting there, and I'll give him a bass, and he'll just think it and nice. throw it and tell him, bye, fishy. <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> What's the law? He, what, he, under 12, you can you can fish without a license or something like I'm that? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know, age. 14, but... maybe? Yeah, I know the age, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's a kid's age where you don't have to have a license here in Illinois, but but yeah, my my boy, uh, he just caught his first fish this summer, so he would have been well, he was holding the pole and kind of reeled it in. I mean, he helped, but it wasn't just solo, you know. I mean, I casted it and everything, but he uh, he loved it and he was he was scared of it. Of course, he didn't want to really touch it or anything, (laughs) but I he was probably a year and a half and uh, went out to old little John and. Got his first fish on a, uh, one of those kids' poles that aren't very good. Yeah, he's got a little Mickey Mouse pole. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like Lightning that. Lightning McQueen pole. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think it's a Lightning McQueen or something like that. But he loved it, you know. And but he's 
Is is Easton into the deer hunting at all, or? Uh, I haven't taken him any hunting or anything, but he loves the mounts on the wall and everything. Yeah. Whenever he was real little, I started getting him looking at the deer and everything, and he actually started saying deer as not one of his necessarily the first words, but one that he would say frequently and everything. Yeah. And he always wanted me to pick him up so he could pet him. And then he had a uh, there's a shed that I had outside sitting on our little outside table with our table and chairs, and he picked that up and he said deer, and then. I got pictures of him running around with it and everything, and nice. he'll absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first word, my first kid's word, first word was deer, and then his second was dad, and then mom. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I got that locked down. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think Aiden's third word was was deer. Yeah, it's just where you just keep telling him, just pounding it right. to him. You're like deer, deer. Just keep pointing at it, you know. Yeah. But, but we're looking at trail cam picks. Deer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He likes right this, here. Yeah, he likes them all the time. Absolutely. And then whenever I have like the target or something set outside in the yard, I have a little turkey target and a deer target for my bow, and he'll sit there and he'll grab the turkey and run around with it and everything. <laughs> he knows what they say, and nice. you go up to the deer and everything, and I'm like, yeah, buddy, it's not real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my kid's always, like when we get in the car, he's like pointing to the backyard, deer back there. I'm like, yeah, deer target's back there. <laughs> he knows, but... All right, uh, where we at, man? Where we at? Oh, we're well. We can jump in right here. Uh, so you're you're pretty big into the filming your stuff. You know, you got the YouTube channel up and running. You got any filming tips for, for, for us? Yeah, I was saying <laughs> mostly for me. I'm putting that. Out there. <laughs> I need tip. I need some help. Filming tips. Get a buddy. That's a, that's my filming tip. That, all my oh shit. That's all, what I've, uh, all my stuff gathered. is self filmed, and I tell you what, it is absolutely a challenge. You're 100% of the time focused on hunting, but at the same time, if you're actually, you know, trying to get everything on film, you have to be cognizant of everything going on around you, you know. You have to have the camera in focus on the right animal, you know, that you're trying to go for, or, you know, even if you're just filming ones that are out in the field and stuff. And to try to do all that with minor movements, that's the, motor, that's the most difficult thing, especially mm -hmm. when it comes time for the shot, you know, because you might be moving your camera, panning around the whole entire time, then hurry up, and if you see the movement on that last buck that I got with the shotgun, I mean, I was moving the camera because he was jogging along. I was moving the camera, then hurried up and just grabbed my gun and pulled up and shot, you know. And yeah. you have to be, that's where your practice takes in, you know, a big portion of it too, because if you can't make the shot, then it's not really going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm absolutely a hunter before I am, you know, somebody for film or photography, you know, and I'll absolutely take the game over the film any day. For sure, just like you said, I mean, you can hang that thing on the wall for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah. that film is only yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, well, what would the memory have been if I had got, you know, the buck on film, but I never got a shot at him or anything? To yeah. me, you know, that's not hunting, that's filming, that's photography, you know, that's not the same. I'm mm -hmm. more in it for the you know, the hunt itself than yeah. I am for the film, but it's always nice to get everything to work out and get it all on film, and I really wish that I had got that buck on film. And hopefully next year it'll work out and everything will be a little bit better. So you're telling me your only tip is to get a buddy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the no. GoPro idea. GoPro is no, great. Uh, yeah, with the GoPro, it's great because especially like I have it for fishing and stuff too. Yeah. You can use it and it's hands-free. You know, I wear mine on my head. Some people for fishing wear theirs on their chest because it's still first person and kind of centralized. You know, whenever you're fishing, you're always going to have your pull out in front of you. You know, you don't have to worry about what's behind you or beside you, you know, stuff like that. So that works out, but I usually wear my GoPro on my head whenever I'm hunting and fishing 
And that way, you know, whatever I'm looking at, you know, checking out, everybody else sees too. Which yeah. is good and bad if you like to look around a lot. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like 15 hours of me just looking right. Looking yeah. like, no deer. Looking People are right. getting dizzy <laughs> on your videos no and it's probably not a good thing. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta kind of be mindful of it and it takes a little bit of time and experience and that's all, that's all it is, is I know I'm learning. I've learned more probably hunting wise almost within the last two years than I have almost the whole rest of my life, just being honest, especially yeah. coming with deer hunting. Like I say, you know, I started paying attention a lot more to the weather and what really makes them tick and what makes them move, you know, why the deer might be, you know, on this piece of property and this field this day and then complete opposite the next day or the next week, you know, yeah. or why they switch patterns when they go from the summer to the fall to the winter. You know, there's, I have a property that I can hunt that as soon as snowfall hits, they don't even touch the property. You won't find a deer track on there because there's nothing there for them. Yeah. There's not a food source. There's no cover. There's no hills, you know, there's nothing there, so they won't come in there. Yeah. There's a lot of different theories about why deer do what they do when they do it, and I just, I can't yeah. pin it down. We, we did a podcast about that. We were like, if anybody knows anything <laughs> about pressure and moon, come send us an email, dude, you know, because I, I get it. They tell us, okay, pressure's rising, you need to be hunting, but I don't know why, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Or, well, you know, oh, it's the photo period. Like, well, there's... It's gonna. The sun's gonna set at five twelve two times a year. You know, it's gonna do it in the fall. And it's gonna do it in the spring when the days getting shorter and the days getting longer. I mean, it, and the deer aren't moving that much in March. I can pretty much tell you that. I don't know the science behind it necessarily, but the way I see it with the moon and the way the pressure, as far as the moon's concerned and everything, a lot of a lot of things are per, are pertaining to the moon. You know, if you look at the ocean and everything, you know, high tide and low mm -hmm. tide, that's completely controlled by the moon. And I feel that nature kind of reacts the same way. You know, they feel like that pressure that we talk about, you know, that's just kind of everything more or less coming to life. It's kind of a rise to it. Same thing with the moon, you know. They come up when the moon rises. If you get a moon rising in the evening, you know, and you got a couple mm -hmm. hours of light, those deer are going to be on their feet. I would say is what I've, from what I've gathered, as long as is it's overhead or underfoot within their normal movement hours in the morning or the evening, that's when it's dynamite. Yeah, so long as you don't have a full moon in the night because they'll run all night and you won't see a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. So leading up to the full moon. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I hate a full moon during hunting season if it's in the evening. I would say this, this year, second season was full moon right yeah. on Friday. Yeah, and it was like 70 degrees. <laughs> yeah, and the warm temperatures. That was terrible. Yeah. We were fighting those Asian beetles sitting yeah. in the blind. I, was, I remember I was sitting there smacking them away from me and just hitting them. I was like, this is not hunting. This is ridiculous. Why is it so hot? Yeah. All I know is pressure-wise, they say 30.2 in October. Your ass better be in a tree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah any, anything over 30, really. But around here, it seems to stick around there, you know, anywhere from like 28 to 30 on any typical day. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, 30.2 and higher. Yeah, Absolutely. I notice as it's almost like as it gets colder, that thing goes higher. Because mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just kind of just looking at it, and but I mean, obviously I'm not hunting when I'm looking at it. But when when it is up, that's that's just what they say. I don't know. Yeah, I, they got to figure it out. But I guess. it works. <laughs> but yeah. Some of these people do have it down to a science. They just won't share it with us. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think they really do. Yeah. I was saying, we, we can get you a press release on the podcast right here. <laughs> yeah. So both both you bucks you shot this year, one was the beginning of the rut and one was towards the end of the rut, right? Yep. 
Yep. And uh, they were both on does. So I'd like, you were super successful during the rut, so I'd kind of like to know how you set up, how you hunt the rut, you know, your stand setups, the locations you're hunting, are you hunting pinches, and so on and so forth like that. So just did, dig into how you hunt the rut. Did you say the date of the second buck? Uh, December 3rd was the second one. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You, yep, yeah, December yeah. 3rd was the second one, and he was still chasing does, which most of the bucks we'd seen were not still chasing does at that time, but he still was uh, bumping both of those does, and there was probably three other does with him that he didn't care to take uh, pay attention to. So, Well, uh, are those yearling does or just like year-and-a-half-year-old does? or One was old, and actually one looked like it was probably a year, uh, yearling, and she looked like she'd been bred because the backside of her was actually all fluffed up and she's the one that stood right there in front of me after I shot and so it was might still have there. Been locked up with that yeah. so they say the second rut kind of confuses me too because it there's not they say oh it's the second rut but there's not like an exact time period and then I was talking to Ryan or homie I think it's individual per property too because if you have a more dominant doe you know on your property they're going to get bred first where the sub does you know or the yearlings aren't going to get bred it's just like you know, the does pick the genes in the buck. The bucks pick the genes in the does, too. So, Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, I know you've heard this, Cody, a lot of people like to think of the rut as a light switch. Yeah. The rut's on or the rut's off, but it's not, you know. The rut, it, you could extend it to all year almost, and it's all leading up to, you know, the first week and a half, two weeks in November for Midwest. You know, it's just like a bell curve, you know, it's low and then it just slowly starts rising. And then there's, you know, then two or three days a year that it's just going to be peak, peak rut is what we all say. Yeah. But then they also say, you know, there's a difference between nature's rut when the deer are actually breeding peak and then there's a hunter's rut, you know. That's when we like to say, oh, it's peak rut because there's huge bucks chasing everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's when we think and like to say, oh yeah, it's peak rut right now. But that actually might be a week and a half later than nature's actual rut. And then just the, like this year, it seemed like our properties was like a week off. Because you were like, oh, I'm seeing bucks everywhere. And I'm like, I ain't seeing nothing. And then a week later, I'm seeing bucks everywhere and you're not seeing anything. Right. So it's like, I, it's, I think it's individual properties uh, are having a, a different rut. You know, it's going to be close, you know. It's going to be close to those first three, four weeks in November. And, and, and they say once, once you, you know, figure out when your peak rut nat, natural peak rut is uh they say that that's not going to vary too much more than a day or two every year so from your property yeah so i, don't I mean know. next year i mean that's just you can kind of use the information you get each year which is what i like to do just build that information up mm -hmm. each year and be like okay this is when i'm taking vacation here and there and go, go about it like that and then also you know as we lead up to that peak rut it's also just going to drop yeah. just like it did, you know. I mean, I think I think the end of this, the end of the rut might be better when them yearling does come in and then them bucks are really searching hard for them yearling does. Yeah. yeah, and the rut, to me, it seems like here in central Illinois, every year, anywhere from November 4th to November 15th, you're going to have good, successful rut activity, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter on your property there because that's generally when our peak rut is, you know somewhere in there now leading up to that uh, that buck that i showed you earlier that big white one you know mm -hmm. that was november 1st and he was already chasing does you know yeah. and he wasn't necessarily mm -hmm. aggressive about it but you could tell you know he was walking with those does just knows them 
every single chance that he got all evening across that field. And then, of course, December 3rd, you know, that's pretty late, honestly, around here for a buck yeah. to be chasing. And he was just chasing those does hardcore, and he was not going to give up. He didn't care that I was there, didn't care if I was probably yelling at him, to be honest, you know. Yeah. And uh, as far as the rut goes, you know, I've always had success with it, and I've always tried to hunt, not necessarily, how do I say this, like a bottleneck or a pinch point, but you want to go somewhere that they're, they're going to travel a lot, you know. You don't want something real thick, you know, a food source is always going to be good because your does are always going to come out on your food source, you know, a good empty crop field. If you have a food plot, that'd be great and ideal, of course. Mm -hmm. But it seems like if you have even a small property, if you have one that has a little pinch point to it, a long draw even, they're going to run that draw every year. You might have maybe three acres, a little bitty draw. And funny story, I'm talking about the biggest buck that I had harvested prior to this year was a big wide nine pointer and he was over two or two foot wide and uh i got him on something that was three acres and yeah. it was a little long draw nice. and every year you'll see bucks like that come through yeah. there come the rut and you might not see him up to that but maybe a handful of times on trail camera and that's it yeah yeah that's what i uh i i hunt the rut i try to hunt i like transition lines where it's like timber in the grass or you know real thick stuff and then oaks or something I like. I seem like to have a lot of success with that, but I got one spot that's a pinch point and a transition line combined. It's timber to grass, and it pinches around the field, so it's just it's kind of on the farthest east they could go without going to just 400 acre field. But they pinch around that field, and I've I've killed two bucks there the last four years, and uh, one early and one during the rut, and I've had some absolute knockout where I've seen 10 bucks in a day hunts, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, uh, how do you hang up your, you, you hunt the pinches, do you hunt, how do you hang your stands? What's your, what's your normal, you know, stand setup? Well, for instance, okay, this year, the big buck that I shot, last year I'd seen almost all the deer, it seemed like, come out right by where I had shot him, and, you know, I was wondering, you know, where, what really makes them go by here so much? Well, it's kind of along by a fence line, that we have, we actually own both sides of it, but it's an old fence that runs there, but it's a, got an open right there, and it's at the end, and there's this little bitty, like, three-acre patch that's just really thick that they can bed in out in the middle of a crop field, and then it's grass right alongside behind me that has a little, it goes down into a dip right by a little creek bottom, so they kind of have everything they need, and then there's another bedding area just on the opposite side of me to the northwest, so it's more or less a crop field right between two bedding areas, and then there's oaks on one side, and then, of course, all the food that they need from whatever crop that was that year. So they've got everything they need right there, and that's really why they must go through there so much. So you're thinking that that, you're thinking that, that buck was bedding that three-acre spot out in that field? Oh, absolutely. Kind of secluded and felt yeah, and, safe back there, and that's cool. Yeah, that's and if awesome, you saw how man. tore up it was, I mean, he wasn't the only one rubbing on those trees, but... If you looked in, you have to kind of duck down. Like I say, it's thick. You have to pretty much duck down to look in on the trails that they have going in and out of there. And almost every little tree going through there was just tore up. And he'd been rubbing probably that morning since he'd been on his feet. Yeah. He had fresh stuff all over him. So. Yeah, that buck was so... The pictures were so cool because he was just... You could tell he was just soaking wet, like super gray and dark. It was just... Yeah, it was awesome. everybody loved it. They're like, oh, he's got like a dark black face. You know, that's yeah. pretty awesome. I was like, well, he's wet. Yeah, you know? he's soaking wet. <laughs> I said, that was, that was 
probably one of the darkest deer I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just, yeah, he probably will still turn out that way, but you know, is wet, you know, his whole body. But mm-hmm. he has a great big body deer. He's an old buck, so I was happy to get him. Have you ever got any deer aged by their teeth or jaw? You know, like send it in. No, I didn't send it in, and I tell you what, we actually looked at his teeth just to kind of age them ourselves and everything, and he was really grayed out. I go a lot on the neck pattern underneath, you know, if if they've got a real solid white pattern and everything, you know they're going to be young, you know, you could tell by the saddle in their back and, you know, the brisket underneath, you know, stuff like that when they're on their feet, but after you harvest them, I go a lot, you know, about how grayed out they are, their face, you know, stuff like that, and, uh, some people say you can tell the wrinkles in their ears if there's yeah. so many wrinkles that huh. that makes an age. Never and then heard of, that. But... And then, of course, how much their teeth are wore down. And we checked his, and he barely had many teeth. They were really wore down, so yeah. he, was, he was an old buck for old sure. Buck. He looked like an old buck to me, just the characteristic of his rack, how he had some trash. It seems like when they get older, they start throwing trash. Yeah. You know, like the three, four, even five-year-olds are pretty clean. <clears throat> they might have some brow trash, but to really get the trash everywhere, it's... Just take some age it just seems like to me but yeah. i just know when i've seen older bucks taken they do have those wrinkles in their ears i haven't heard like oh he's got four wrinkles he's seven and a half you know yeah. right i yeah, just, I I just know that if, if, his, if he's got them wrinkles he's got some age on him yeah yep so so you talked earlier about calling you do quite a bit of calling um yes and no it depends on what i'm seeing i'm I don't do a lot of blind calling anymore. I did when I was young, you know, I was trying it out, you know, as a kid and I thought it was cooler than heck, you know, get out there with a rattle bag and a grunt call. That's all that I use and I still use actually. And uh, I think it does work, you know, it just depends on the time of the year because a lot of people, especially in our area, the availability of does, you know, and as many deer as there are, they're not going to come running as much as they would if you're out in some other state where, you know, or you're in a prairie and there's only a handful of deer within so much, you know. Mm-hmm and the availability of does might be a lot less. So you get out there and it's, you know, like maybe you say peak rut or something, if they're not locked down with a doe, the chances of you calling in a buck are great. You know, if you get one, especially a dominant buck, and you start grunting and rattling around and you're good at it, that's a big one, you know. Yeah. If, you, if you don't sound like a deer, they're not going to come you in. You know there, how but... to read the deer sign, you know. And, yeah, absolutely. And I, I blew it on an absolute <laughs> giant. I actually, I actually met a person at a restaurant that I was eating at today, and uh, he was hunting the same deer that I was hunting. He, she's like, oh, we started geez. talking deer hunting, and uh, he was like, and he lives just outside of town, which I didn't know. And he was like, yeah, I, I was hunting this deer a couple years ago, and he showed me a trail cam pick, and I was like, oh, really? I was like, I was hunting that same deer. You told him? <laughs> yeah. He That's was like, nice of you. He was like, he was like, I've never seen him. And I was like, I've seen him once. And that was one of those scenarios where he came in, and he was kind of working away, and I grunted at him, and he was interested, but he was just taking so long to come in, and I didn't read his posture right, and I snort wheezed at him, and I scared that buck. Yeah. And the next, people are going to not believe that I say this on here, but the next year he was shot, he was 184-inch, eight. Oh, that. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, I and he was shot straight. He was shot right, right off the backside of my property, and I only seen him one time, but that guy was hunting the property... That he was shot off, and I guess there, he said there's eight or ten hunters on there per year. It's just how many people pay to hunt that area for the season, hmm. and uh, it's it's huge. But uh, but yeah, he he was hunting the same same area, and and I snort wheezed at that buck and scared him. So I so. say you you got some giants walking around out there. So, yeah, I mean if if people seen the trail cams that that you got the the pictures of the deer you got out there, I mean. 
they they believe that story. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that buck, I got trail cam pictures of him, and uh, and I was actually chasing another huge deer, and I text my buddy, and he, he wasn't 180 that year. He was probably a mid-160s, just clean eight. He had brow tines as tall as his U2s. That had to be, that had to look massive. Oh, dude, it was just huge. And and I was, I texted him and I said, I had trail camera pictures of in daylight of the buck that I was chasing recently, and here's this buck. And I texted him, I'm like, man, I got a 160s eight. And he's like, you got to take him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm after a 180, you know, and he's like, you got to take him because there's just, there's just no, there's not very many chances it, for a normal guy like us to go after a 160s plus 8. What, what do you... Th- With no you, trash, too. What do you think his age was when you when you had him? I don't know. He was big. Uh, he had to be over 4.5, maybe 5.5. But, I mean, he uh, he uh, he could have been older. But I've seen the pics of uh, the deer that was shot, and he was actually shot during shotgun season. And I didn't get the whole story, but... Some person from Pennsylvania shot him. So that guy had the hunt of his life, an 884-inch eight, eight. I mean, come on. <laughs> I say we got a lot of listeners from Pennsylvania. They're, yeah. You might be tuning in right yeah, now. <laughs> I if you did, let me know, man. This dark chocolate, brow tines as tall as G2s. Docking like 14-inch brows, 13-inch yeah. brows. I don't, I don't even know. It's just insane, but. We had one on trail camera last year like that. Never saw him in person. Didn't get anything of him this year. So somebody, I think, got him or he passed away. He was a pretty old buck. You could tell definitely in the pictures. But we had him a handful of times on there. I mean, just monster brow times. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I love big brows and I love big eights. And that combined both of them, man. <laughs> that was like... He was your perfect deer. Dude, when I seen that buck, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> and like I said, go, going back to the calling, I snort wheezed at him. And, and he was close... Probably two. He's probably fifty, but he was like, "There's a downhead tree that's like hung up in a tree, and it's it's just a mess right there." And he was right on the edge of that transition line, walking the grass, coming up, and uh, he couldn't see me, but he probably could see if there's a buck there or not. And then I turned away from him and snort wheeze. I didn't do it loud, but that deer literally took two steps back, turned, didn't run, turned, and then went uh, hop. Hop the the old pig fence there. Like I said, I own both sides. But anyways, hop the fence. Took three steps. Blow. Took three steps. Blow. Like he was trying he to challenge up, that yeah. buck, but didn't want to come. You know, he wasn't scared. Didn't smell me. I had perfect wind. He didn't see me, but he knew. Maybe I snort wheezed wrong, or maybe it was just you know he. But that that big of a buck, you'd think that he's a dominant buck. So like you said, sometimes calling, you just got to read them and. Yeah, it, it's out. absolutely hit and miss, that's for sure. Yeah, There's nothing that echoes in the woods like a deer uh, blowing. That's one of the oh, worst sounds. I hate that sound, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> if there's one thing I could get rid of, it would be a deer blowing at you. Yeah, or anything, really, because you have times, you know, where they might be 200 yards away, and you know it's not from you, but you hear them blow, and then you see them clear out the field the opposite way, and you're like... How? You know, yeah. why? What Wind's caused that? Right my face. That makes no sense whatsoever. I didn't, and... I didn't walk within hundreds of yards of there even, you know. And yeah. It's just a Yeah, that's that's mystery. the worst. When, when you know it's not you, it's just something they didn't like. And yeah. That's the worst. It's like, well, I was doing everything right, you know. Yeah. and yeah. Dough, Part of their nature. Go 150 yards away and just <laughs> blowing Then the you feel hunt. like, well, you feel like it's ruined. But I actually hunted the state ground this year, and I had does win me and blow. 
and uh, a buck still came out that night to that field, and it was so weird because I should have shot the does, but I was in there to shoot this buck because I had seen him with by by running my uh, binos. You know, I'd seen him that he was in this sunflower field eating, and before season, and I went in there and uh, the does got right on the edge, and I was like, I'm just gonna shoot one, you know, and then. I waited five seconds too late, and and uh, they got me. But it was raining that night, and the buck was out feeding, and it, the rain picked up, and the rain made him blow. Like the rain hitting the stocks, he like freaked out on that, blew, and then he came back out. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe blowing scares him away, but I th- like you said, it's just hunting's just so. You can read a thousand books and listen to a thousand podcasts, and then the exact opposite, you know. You know, it happens. I'm saying, so, you have flukes so of nature, that's for sure. I'd rather be a lucky hunter than a good hunter any day because <laughs> yeah. you could do everything right every time you go out. And if you don't have the luck of the draw, you're not going to get the yeah. buck you want. I guarantee you, know. you, everybody listening to this has that one guy they know who goes out in blue jeans and smokes cigarettes and <laughs> just hunts the same stand every yeah. year, no matter what the wind. And he's got like eight, eight giants yeah. on the wall. He's never scouted, never done any work for the property <laughs> or nothing. He goes out there and he just kills a good buck. Yeah. It's, yeah. The property and luck, it really is. Yeah. Sometimes that's how it works out. I mean, I you can do the guy. work. <laughs> we hope you're that guy. <laughs> I would love to be that guy. Yeah, instead of doing the hours of prepping and scouting and running trail cameras. But I, that's the fun in it for me. If I missed all that and just went out there and shot deer, it wouldn't be as half as fun. I guess I'm going to have to start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick. Yeah. Right? Cigarette oh, smoke draws them in. <laughs> You're talking about trail cameras. I had something heartbreaking this year. We went out and, like I said, we were summer scouting over a bean field. The same bean field, actually, that I shot that buck on this year. And we were sitting across there in this big, tall weeds and kind of filming and everything. And at one point in time, we had 12 decent bucks out there in late September. We're like, all right, this is going to be awesome, you know. We've got a couple weeks until season. And we're sitting there watching and watching. Well, we watched them all pass where we had one of our trail cameras set up going over that. We left that trail camera out there for a month and a half without checking it purposely, just not to leave scent out there, you know, leave it alone. We went and checked it, and there was a, a card error. Yeah. It didn't get a single oh, picture. Man. Oh, and we left it for a month and a half. Too. And the Moultrie say error on it. And that's exactly what it was. It was a Moultrie yeah. camera. And I tell you what, you know, it takes great pictures when it takes pictures, but I've had at least probably five times in the last two years where that thing just completely blanked out and didn't mm-hmm. take anything, and I'm not very happy about it, yeah, to I, say the least. I like my Moultrie mobile, but... I just seen when I was looking at the ATA stuff that they come out with a, the new ones have a two year warranty. Yeah. So that's well, I think it was uh, like six months or a year, you know. And and I bought a camera, and like I bought it like when they go on sale after deer season. Right. And by the time I was going to use it, it must be six the warranty months. Warranty was already over. Yeah. Time I was going to use it and it was broken. The warranty was already up. And I called and they said, well, we can send you a coupon. I'm like a coupon, yeah. And I haven't even got this. Five dollars like, off your next purchase. They're like, you got to take it back to the store. <laughs> so I think the coupon's <laughs> gonna get a bunch of pigs. Yeah. So I end up taking it back to the store, and I'm like, I bought this like six months ago, and they took it. But but uh, they yeah. did. Yeah. I was like, usually it's Lucked like out. 45 days. You can't take yeah. nothing back. That's crazy. But I still had all the packaging and everything. Just put it right back in it. But yeah, and then I've had that car error happen to me where. 
You're like, oh, it's been on fire. I'm going to have all kinds of bugs. And you get out there, and, and it's like format six. There needs to be format six yeah. or something that I don't even understand because I'm not tech-savvy enough. But well, We had another camera that was in this little pass-through that we have. It, it's got like a little finger that comes out, but there's a trail that goes right between the two crop fields right through the center of it. So we'd put our camera up on that every year. And we had them both out at the same time, and that one had like 1,500 pictures on it. And the other one didn't have anything. And I was oh, like, dude, man. we would have had probably 4,000 pictures on that. Yeah. Because every, I mean, it was almost every night we could go out there and watch them just on the backside of that Hitting field. That bean field. Eating. And I felt sorry kind of for the farmer. The end row is almost 10 rows in right there on that backside. It's just down <laughs> just to double. Gone. So. so I've got two Browning trail cams. And one of them's two years old. And one of them's I bought this year. And the second one, you know, the one I bought this year. If I don't pay attention when I plug that card in, it it says no SD card. Like, it's not registering not the card. Not deep enough or something? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm like, it's locked in, you know? So, and I just happened to notice that it was, like, the first time I plugged it in and set it up, you know, it's just money. And then I went in there and checked it after probably two months on the new spot. You know, it's over there at the buck yeah, stand. the buck So I was... I was trying to stay out of it, and then I had, you know, what I thought was good condition to go in there and get it. So, I go in there, pull it, put all the pictures right on my phone, put the SD card back in. No SD card. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) The card is clear. I just took everything off of it. It's just a zero pictures. You can take 9,999 pictures. You know, what, what, what is the problem? So, you know, I'm taking it out, putting it in, taking it out, putting it in, shutting it off, turning it on, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm not the, I'm the, not the people's pokey. elbow, this, this trail cam. And it's just a fluky thing. Like, it's just got to be just right or I don't know what. But after about the fifth time of messing with it, then it says zero pictures, 9,999. And then it tells me my battery percentage. And then I got like a 30-second delay on it that I can get the hell out of the way before yeah. it just starts taking pictures of me, you know. And then it, it's fire. I haven't yeah. had a problem with it. So I haven't, had, haven't run into the it being out there for a month with no pictures because... I'll punt that camera to Wisconsin. <laughs> you have no idea how I mean, bad I wanted to. Somebody in Wisconsin going to get a nice cam. Yeah. And, I mean, you can see, I showed him some of those trail camera pictures that I did end up getting off of that camera later on, but the amount that we had right then, I mean, it was just ridiculous, and I was so heartbroken. But I had kind of the same thing going on with that Moultrie. It'll tell you SD card, and for whatever reason, it's really picky about the cards. I have some that have just the mini, you know, the micro SD that slides into the adapter. Yeah. And some of them will work, and some of them won't. They're all the same brand. I don't understand why they don't. Mm. And honestly, I use that. I have a cuttyback that I'm not very happy with either, which it seems like my more expensive cameras are the ones that aren't doing as well, which doesn't make sense. But my, my Wild Game Renovations ones, yeah, they work just fine. You know, you might get a couple of them that are less quality or they won't flash, you know, those seem to have a lot of problems with low light, but for the most part, reliability, they're awesome, you know, and they're a lot more affordable than a lot of the ones we're talking about. I'd so. like to try out those Exodus, dude. They're supposed to be a game changer. Yeah, or Spartan mobile? Yeah. Those are nice, too. No, they're not mobile. They're not mobile. They're, not mobile. they're, just, they're just supposed to be a game changer. They're like 4K quality pictures. And some, I mean, they're, they're legit cameras, and they're not insane price they're just they're not they're cheaper than a reconyx yeah. you know so i mean 
That's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it to get quality pictures on, like, a scrape or something where a deer's moving and they take 4K video, I mean... Oh, yeah, videos would work. So last year I had a lot of good videos of deer. This year I didn't do it because they killed the batteries so yeah, much. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like, you know, I got a camera in a spot. It's just lit up every night, you know. I go in there, it's it's four or 500 pictures when I'm hunting, you know, every week, and I'll leave it, and I'm checking it. So, I mean, I'll go in there, and I'll pull 300 pictures in a week. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a lot or not. You know, I'm just kind of feeling this out, but I think if I was running it on video, so getting back to what you said, you know, I run the micro SD into the adapter, mm -hmm. and the Browning truck cams will take a 32-gig card. Yeah. And that's that's what I run. So then when I go hunt and I check it, plug it right into my old phone, download everything right there, clear it out. And then if, when I want to clear out pictures, I just clear it right off my phone, keep the pictures of shooters or what time the does are moving or whatever. But everything is off my card in 45 seconds. Right. So I, I wanted to set it on video mode, but I don't want it to... I know one is going to chew up the batteries. It does. I mean, I've only used one set of batteries all year, and I've probably got two, 2,000 pictures off one camera. Yeah. I mean, just ballpark. Right. I mean, I, maybe next year. Next year, I'm not going to be hunting there, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you know, different spot. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just write down, you know, I'll keep more track of it, and I'll update everybody. But my wife's cousin, you know, he's got his set on video, and... You know, we're, I'm down there Thanksgiving and Christmas, chit chatting with him, and I'm like, "Man, I gotta, I gotta get some video." Yeah. I mean, the video is just off the chain. I think they're better than cool. some pictures, and I got mine on like a three-shot burst. Mm -hmm. So you know, I get three pictures, just like that. But if I had a 10-second video, you know, I mean, I haven't missed missed a deer or anything like that. You know, I. I mean, Browning truck cams, I think, is where it's at. But I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get mobile. I'm going to have to get a, at least one mobile cam because hopefully, hopefully where I'm going to be hunting is just off the chain and I don't want to be going in there. Yeah. Wade's showing us some trail cam video. What's, what's that off of right there? Uh, this one's actually off of one of the Wild Game Innovations. Yeah. And this, if you look in the background during one of the daylight videos here in a minute, it'll flip to it you'll actually see a ladder stand that I have here. And this is the same same spot, just a different angle from where this year that I had three different sets of bucks that were fighting and everything on yeah. this property. That's pretty good quality video. So that's off of, what, what's the name brand on that? Uh, you know? That's a Wild Game Innovations. I think it's a Cloak 8. Cloak 8. That's yeah. pretty good video quality. Yeah, and they're pretty I mean, affordable. Like I say, they're only like 70 bucks, something like you that. You can't so. see every detail of the buck's face, but you can definitely see what he's got going on if he's got any trash on the bases or anything like I that. Say, I think nighttime is way better to see what exactly is going on than, yeah. than I've experienced on the daylight pictures. Right. And for whatever reason, this one, he's really up close, so it's real bright. Yeah, it's real bright on him. If he wasn't this close, you'll see, you know, they go a little bit back, and it's a lot better quality. He looks like he's about to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, he's just he's glowing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like real up close and personal. He's like a foot away from the camera. Yeah. Is that, you know? Checking it out. I do, I do like them pictures of them does. You know, they, their nose is touching yeah. the lens. Yeah, like, I'm just what like, is that flashing over there? You know, they see that IR, the red, yeah. you know? They're like, what the heck was that? I think it's cool on video because then you can see how the deer responds to trail camera. You know, if it, if it goes off, they're like... Because sometimes you get like half a deer or something. And you're like, did I spook that deer? Or, but on video, you know, you know, you know, if 
if uh, that's that's a nice buck there. Right. Me, me yeah. personally, I haven't sprayed my camera down because because you know like if you spray your bow down or something, you'll see that white residue. Yeah. Next thing I know, that's gonna be on the lens right where that's why I was right where I get too. the deer, you know. Yeah. So I haven't sprayed sprayed my camera down. I just no. put it up. I'd be sure I got gloves on and stuff, you know. But you know, I'll just pull it out of the package, just put a memory card in, and throw it up, you know. Yeah, it doesn't seem to affect them too much because our scent's not on them as much. They don't care about the scent of the camera so much as the scent of us. So right. same thing like what you're saying. As long as you're wearing gloves and stuff, I do the same thing. I'll just throw them out there when I'm at home. They're stored somewhere where they're not going to be anywhere, you know, not going to get any sort of scent or any other smell on them, stuff like that. But as far as that's concerned, I just throw them up there, same thing, and it doesn't seem to bother them a bit. You'll see deer on that camera that night, and they don't care a bit. Nice. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question here before we wrap this up. Is there anything you think you do that's special or different than other people that makes you successful? Um, I can't say that I do anything really special necessarily compared to other people. Um, I have a lot of ambition and drive when it comes to just me as a person. I like to be successful and I try to make myself better kind of in every way really. Not necessarily every day, but I would like to be every day. But just keep moving, you know, progressing in life more and more and more. Don't settle for anything, you know. Always try to make yourself better. I think you guys are doing the same thing. You guys are doing this podcast, and that's great. I think it's awesome. Had a good time with you guys here, and hopefully it'll bring you guys success and get everything that you want. Yeah, I appreciate you coming up. And like my wife says the same thing. She goes, you shot a big deer. You got two does. I'm like, what What more do you want? You got a turkey. I'm like, well, there's always more, man. Yeah, there's see, always, I didn't get a turkey this year, and I was really hoping to. There's always more that you can do in the outdoors. That's why I'm still hanging out yeah, out there somewhere. Yeah, I said, I said, old lefty. I finally named a deer. I don't even know if it's going to stick or not. Ryan's like, or homie's always like, you need to name your deer, so I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. But the the one with the G7, I'm naming lefty, I think. Yeah, see, I never, <laughs> named, I never really named deer before the last two years because, like I say, I've progressed a lot as a hunter, over the last two years, absolutely, you know, the management side, you know, and everything like that. So I started doing a lot more profiling as far as what's on what property, you know, where the deer are moving, why they're moving, stuff like that. And, you know, like you said, naming deer. And so it comes down to, okay, well, what deer is my target deer? Well, what am I going to name him? Well, that's an eight, that's an eight, that's an eight, you know, who's going to know what? So we got like the one I showed you, that big old buck that comes way off his head. We called that the acorn buck. Because yeah. he's got just that one point that looks like it has an acorn at the top where yeah. it just kind of spurted off of there. And he carried that in velvet and hard antlered and looks awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to name him, I think, just because homie's always like, what buck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, well, that one that I've seen here and got to try. He's like, uh, still. I'm like, oh, and he's like, okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. After I describe him in encounters for like five minutes, you know, but he says, he says, do this. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you know, or he says, Sausage rolls. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. There's one this year we named Flat Top because he's got split brows on both sides, and both of them go up just as tall as his antlers, and he's got, like, no length to his actual, like, G2s and out. See, I think that's just I, yeah. it's pretty I just crazy. think it's fun. Like, you, yeah. can, you can get as creative as you want, you know. And then, just like Cody was talking about, you say, man, dude, I seen Flat Top last night. I know exactly yeah. the deer you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Or if you're, I mean, usually, usually... When you say usually in hunting, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But usually when you talk about a deer's characteristics, they should pass through most apart from year to year. And like we've talked about before, you know, Bill Winky is the king. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, he names a deer. 
he's got a deer named the acorn buck this year so i think if you gotta if you're gonna name a buck that <laughs> don't do it because neither <laughs> neither two people that i said talk to that got a buck named acorn buck got yeah. it done yeah we call that one mohawk I've never seen deer in the like that. And that no. buck's on that property where I got the second one this year. Nice. It's pretty crazy. I hope it carries it. Everybody else is like, oh, you got to get rid of that buck. No, we're going to yeah. try to see what he grows to. You know, you, might, you never know. I, I'm all for management and everything, but culling bucks, I don't think, is necessarily successful because a lot of the genetics come from the does. Yeah. And that's what they're kind of finding out a lot more on the science side of things. You know, shoot management deer or whatever. Let that deer get at least six and a half. You know, have three, yeah, four well, years like of that. experience with him. Like that buck there, this one was harvested, and he was probably a six-year-old buck, and he only grew one side of the rack would have been a good mainframe 10. The other side, he only grew up his brow and one other time, and we have him in velvet like that. He didn't bust off or nothing. He grew yeah. like that, absolutely, and he's a big old buck. Yeah, and he was sweet. actually breeding a doe when he was shot. <laughs> well, got that out of there, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things you see, you know, guys like, well, that's how I would want to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we, uh, you don't want to say anything else, do you, Hope? Nope. Uh, I mean, the year's winding down and it's cold. Yeah. Our next podcast is just going to be uh, me and Homie in here talking about how our year went and some stories we ain't shared with you guys. And, uh, it's going to be a good one, but Wade, we appreciate you driving all the way up here to come talk to us. And uh, uh, your your uh, outdoor therapy. What's what's the YouTube channel and the Facebook page and everything that people can find you if they want to watch some videos? Yeah, thanks for having me up. Hopefully, I can come up and do a lot more, and maybe we'll get a chance to go do some bow fishing or some hunting, everything else this year. Um, my channel name is Outdoor Therapy for YouTube. You can find me on Instagram at therapy underscore outdoor or Facebook. Uh, facebook.com forward slash therapy outdoors no space yeah I, I like your instagram a lot it's it's you always posted some good stuff on there so i follow you on that i follow your facebook page I, I really like your videos i dug back in on your youtube channel and went in and watched some of your older stuff i like it all it's cool it's it's different than what a lot of other people are putting out and i, I like it a lot so we're gonna wrap this up here guys thanks for listening remember plan your hunt hunt your plan Remember, always have fun. Hell yeah.